Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. And we have one of our very own missionaries, John Maz, with us in the house. We love John. John, come on up. He is one. He is a missionary in Mexico, and uh, he is a friend of Grace Capital Church, and he is my personal friend, and we love John Maz, and he's going to bring us the word this morning. Amen. I love you, brother. Let's give him a big hand. Good morning. Buenos dias. Um, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to tell you, I love Grace Capital. I love... I love how you love on me and embrace me and, and, and tell me how excited you are about me speaking. I'm, I wish you could go tell my church that, um, tell my wife that. <laughs> and um, I just, Mark and Audra and the kids have been so gracious to me as I stay in her home. And um, so I want to get to it because at, starting right now, right, 35 minutes as of right now? Okay. Please open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, and we're going to let it rip. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. And then I, 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 I'm going I'm to launch off of this text, and then I'm going to teach out of um, Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 1 through, I think, 12. But um, I'm reading out of the New King James Version Bible, and it says... For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let me read that again. For he who would love life. Peter's talking about if you want to love life and you want to see good days and he and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Father, bless this time together in Jesus name. Edify your church. Lord, be glorified and take, take what I say and, and, and give it life. You're, you anoint your word, Lord. And so I pray that you would anoint it in our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody that came to church today, you woke up in the morning and you thought about what you were going to wear. And, 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 and some people say, hey... We all have our own style. And style, it doesn't have anything to do with personality. Style is basically the way you do your stuff. That's style. The way you live your life and the way you choose to behave and respond to life. And so many of you woke up this morning and you decided, some of you, your thing, your way of, 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 of living life is you're casual, man. You will be casual. And other of you, you know, some of you ladies got up at 6 o'clock in the morning and you start putting on your makeup because you're not going to go out that door without looking fine. Even though you might not use makeup, all of you look fine, ladies, but some of you woke up early to put it on. And so that's the way you live because all of us have a sense of who we are and we all want to project an image but the way we really project our images is not so much the way we dress, but the way we speak. Every one of us has a speaking style. And I'm going to tell you, I've been living in this for a while now. 
especially I'm going to be married in August 31 years. And I'm going to tell you something. I still, my favorite moment in life is waking up and seeing my wife in the morning. She is beautiful. I love her hair all messed up. And I like, I like her face, you know, that sleepy face. I say, baby, you are fine. You look good. But I'll tell you another thing. We can get on each other's nerves. So how can you live with someone for so many years and have, I'm passionate about Robin, but sometimes we hate each other. And you know, it's taken me a long time to understand it's not her. It's a speaking style. And, and I'm going to tell you why that's so important. For instance, my wife is an interrogator. You know what I mean? I mean, she's like almost level Nazi. She will start asking me questions and, and you know, boom and boom. And why? And why do you want to go there? Really, I'm hearing, I don't want to go there. You know, I'm just, and when she starts interrogating me, I feel like her essence, she's trying to dominate me, trying to make me like live like her. And I begin to resist and I resist that conversation style. But what she's doing is that's the way she feels connected to me. You know, my wife is, I'm going to tell you a secret. My wife is the kind of person that reads the instructions. <laughs> Only crazy people do that. Read the instructions, man. That's poor trees. That's the waste of paper. You look at it and you, I can figure this out. But she reads it, and that's the way she lives life, and she will, she will badger me with questions, and I, I'm still like, she's trying to trap me. She's trying to trap me. I have learned that that's the way she connects with me. She wants to feel me. And my way of conversing, my way is, she doesn't like it. Like, for instance, my way of conversing is, I do, you do. I do, you do. Okay, I do, you do. You got that? I know you're brilliant. There's a very, very sophisticated point here. And so when I want to connect, and this might seem irrational, I talk about moi. I talk about me. I talk about how I feel, and this is what I want to do, and, and, and I, I, I'm struggling with this, and I want her to understand my soul. Now, Robin comes from a family that you don't talk about yourself. So she thinks I'm a narcissist. <laughs> she thinks it's me, 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 me. I feel me, me, me. And she doesn't like that. So what it does, what I'm doing is trying to show her, okay, babe, this is how you connect. You open up. You get emotionally naked. You just lay it all out there. You just tell me everything about yourself. And I go, ooh, ooh, you feel that way? Oh, man, that's trippy. Ooh. <laughs> but I get off on it. I mean... This is a true story. One day I'm lying in bed with my wife and I go, honey, I want to climb into your soul. I want to know the essence of who you are. I want to be like a miner digging for those precious gems. And you know what she says to me? (laughs) 
I still need counseling on this. She says to me, I got to close my eyes because I'll cry. She says, John, you're starting to give me a headache. (laughs) Come on now. Are you feeling me? 31 years, I need a monument. (laughs) But it's a conversation style. And the Bible says, I'm going to tell you, the Bible says if you want to you, you want a happy life, a fulfilling life, a good life. You got to know how to talk because you can't do anything in life without a conversation. There's nothing you can do. Look, I'm going to say something to Mark in my mind. That's not what I'm asking you, man. I'm not asking for love. All right, you know what I was trying to communicate to him? Come up here and stand on this stage with me. But he did not pick it up. (laughs) The only way. And and, and so this is what's so hard about speaking. Because we got two diametrically opposed things going on at the same time. We want to be connected. And you can only be connected through conversation. Come here, brother. Come here. And don't freak out, because I'm not freaky, but I want you to kind of do this with me. Okay? We don't get connected. Now, press against me. We don't get connected this way. We, 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 you can go sit down, man. God heal you in Jesus' name. We don't get connected that way. That's weird. You don't see people in the street. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't do that to you, sister. I can't say, your husband will knock me out. I can't say, hey, I want to get connected to you, my sister. (laughs) You don't do it that way. The only way you can get connected is through language, through conversation. And so we've got these two things going on in our life all at the same time. They're diametrically opposed. Our desire to be connected and involved, and that can only happen in language. And we all need it. Wait, because reality is trinity. The second thing is we want to be independent. We need distance because we don't want someone to impose all that they are on us. And so when we're speaking, I mean, you can't do anything without language. When we're having that kind of conversation, you're either being, you're either distancing yourself or you're, you know, people that complain a lot, people that are always complaining, they just have a tremendous need to want to be connected. They want somebody to identify with them. They want, they want somebody to, to understand them, to, to have compassion. And there's some people that have such a deep, deep, deep need for that kind of connection that their language style, their speaking style is to complain. And then other people kind of resist that because inherently we know that we can't, we, we don't have the capacity to meet someone's deep emotional need for connection and so there's all kind of tone um how rhythm um there's all kinds of little signs that we're giving each other when we're speaking and we're not picking it up and so i've really given myself to understand this that that some way some people's speaking style will create and generate in a person a, a, a distance a wanting to 
be independent. And there's other speaking styles that somebody will talk to you. What they want to do is be connected with you. And there's two types of ways that we speak, the basic message and the meta message. Men love the basic message. It's just information. We want information. We want to figure out, you know, how do I get from A to B? Women love the meta message. The meta message is like all the stuff behind, you know, why did you say that? You know, I don't know. You know, I just said it, you know, like, like I was at a party one time and some guy says to me, Hey, you yell a lot. And I'm thinking, is he dissing me? Is he celebrating me? Or is he just kind of making an observation? To this day, I'm still kind of figuring it out, man. What did he mean by that? I yell a lot. You know, people will say something to you and you will be freaked out because there's this, all this stuff that's coming with just a simple phrase. And then we go off and we create these scenarios in our mind and relationships get whacked out. Now, I want to show you something in the scriptures why, why this is so important. And I think the most important thing, I mean... You know, they talk about um, um, conversational intelligence. Books are talking, you know, fierce conversation. There's, there's a lot, a lot of literature talking about this issue. But it's all through the Bible. If you, I mean, all through the Bible. And I want to show you in Genesis chapter 11 how powerful this is. And then I want to talk to you about something that God is, 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 is leading me to do down in Mexico. Are you ready for this? All right, okay. Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another. Now remember, the context is one language. I mean, this is a big deal in the Bible. One language, one way of speaking. And so it says there in verse three, then they said one to another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. It's only in conversation that you can, can generate ingenuity. Ideas. You can't do it in any other way. When you're, when, when, you, know, you might have ideas, but as you talk to someone else and you speak about that and somebody begins to kind of pick up what you're trying to communicate. I mean, I love what Kevin was talking about commune. He, he really kind of settled on that word as we had communion. I mean, it's, it's interesting how God, you know, you're always wondering, God, am I going to speak what you want to say to this congregation? And when he started to talk about the word communion, communicate, I just said, thank you. And so I, where are you, Kevin? Oh, he's in a nursery. Will you tell him right on? And so when you, when you, when you, it says there in verse three, then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they, they had brick for stone and they had asphalt. Again in verse four. And, then, and they said, 
Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad uh, over the face of the whole earth. Now, what's interesting is that what they have a vision. They have a desire. They want to, basically, they want to reach heaven through their own work. They want to get to heaven. They want to reach God. That's all the, the religions of the world and the Christian sects of the world. It's either God working to get to heaven or, or, or reaching heaven through their works. But Christianity is the only faith where God becomes man. He comes down to us. But there's something inherently religious in mankind where we want to work our way to heaven. So they want to create this tower. Now, the only way you design and create things is through language. And they said to one another, let's create this tower for two reasons. So that we can make a name for ourselves. We, the only thing that brings security and firmness in your life is understanding who you are, identity. You know, because look, they wanted to develop a name for themselves so that they wouldn't be dispersed. Identity is what keeps you in the face of adversity and trial. If you know who you are, you will not be shaken. Fathers, your main responsibility is to establish identity in your family. The main thing that your ministerial pastors, there is to establish who we are at Grace Capital. Because man, the blows are going to come. I would make my children every day, not every day, that's a lie. Lord Jesus, don't send me to hell. (laughs) But a lot of times I would say, who are you? Who are you? I'm, I'm a Masariegos. In our family, being a Masariegos, it, it means something. And when my, when my buddy, the, not my buddies, my son's buddies would come and pick him up, you know, to go to a party or go to something, I would tell them, hey, these boys, they have a father. And they have a name. And, it's, it, when it's, and they have a curfew. And my, and my son's Friends would say, dude, you need to get home, man. Your dad said 12 o'clock, you need to get home. And Johnny, who's the oldest, he would say, yeah, I'm going home. Lukey, who's the rebel, he says, I don't have to go home. I don't have to, I'm my own man. And so Johnny's walking down the street in Carranza, and all of a sudden, Johnny starts laughing. He says, I hear this. <gasps> Lukey's running after him. He says, I thought you were going to stay at the party. No, man, I just did that to, I don't want to look lame, but man, I'm going home too. <laughs> Identity. Identity. Identity is so important. And the reason it says there in verse 4, check it out. It says there in verse 4, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower. That's the vision. That's the purpose that they want. And you can't do it outside of language. You can only speak these things. You can only have a conversation. We, we don't know how to do and create anything outside of a conversation. That is the common denominator. In fact, I believe that's what it means to be created in God's image. We're linguistic. We speak. And man, words do. That's why the book of Proverbs, you go to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You All through the scriptures, Paul, Jesus, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I mean, all throughout the Bible, this emphasis on how you speak. 
Because it is, it is, it is powerful. And in verse four, it says, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, identity. Who are we? That is the most, right now, I think that is the the thing that is most um, attacked is the issue of identity. There's never been, I mean, my goodness, youth. Youth, man. You got all kinds of options. All kinds of proposals. Man, our job is to establish a rock hard identity in Christ Jesus. That's our job as parents and as leaders. Because when you've got that identity down, when you know, man, doesn't life is going to come and it's going to shake you. And the reason they understood this, the reason they understood that is it says there in verse four, let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. We are exposed. We are exposed if we don't have a name. Now it's interesting if you go to Genesis chapter 12, that's one of the promises that God gives to Abraham. I will make your name great. And the one that can only tell us ultimately who we are is God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth and the creator of who we are. And so verse five, it says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men has built. Verse six, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them god understands the power of powerful conversations powerful communication i mean this is god almighty the fact the fact that every time that god this is what i love this is a key leadership principle we as human beings you gotta leaders You cannot let your panties get twisted because somebody whispers something in your ear, man. You know what I mean? What? What did they say? Relax. Relax. Calmate, calmate, hijo. Let me tell you something. God twice, when he's going to do a major judgment here, In Genesis chapter 11, when you go to the book of Genesis, when he judges Sodom and Gomorrah, God comes down, the omniscient one, the one that knows all things, he comes down and he checks stuff out for himself. Especially when you're going to make major decisions, you got to really have a first-hand experience on what's going on. Don't ever make any kind of decision based on what somebody says, because they're going to make your head all hot. They're going to like, calientarte la cabeza. I mean, they make your head hot. And so God is checking this stuff out. He's going to see for himself. This is God. And he did it when he judged Sodom and Gomorrah. You cannot make any decisions based on a third party talking to you. You just can't, man. You You will always mess up. Oh, but man, when you hear it, Man, it sets you on fire. Right? What? What did she say? I will kick her out of the church. 
You know what I mean? And then it's taken out of context because people hear stuff the way they want to hear it. And people love good fights. Fight! And so in verse 5, in verse 5 it says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. He comes down to see. He comes down to look. He comes down to investigate. God does that, especially when he's got an important decision to make. That's how we're supposed to live life, leaders. (sighs) Verse 6, And the Lord said, Indeed, Indeed, he makes an assessment based on firsthand knowledge. He says, indeed, the people are one. And what unites them, they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. That's an amazing, it's interesting when you hear God's observation of things when he assesses things and he says because they have one language because they have powerful conversations whatever they put their heart to it's not that they're equal with God but their capacity for evil is limitless that's how powerful talking to one another is and God has to judge that this is after the flood this is the next major judgment that God does because he sees the potential man if you have a team and you guys know how to speak to one another share your heart and create a space and an environment where people feel safe to really express I tell you the thing I love about Mark that you can have scary conversations with him I mean it takes it takes a real man and woman of God because most of us are very fragile our identities going back to that issue of identity is fragile and we don't want to hear. No, 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 tell me. No, 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 after I said what I was going to say, you know, what kind of, re- if that's what they're going to, no, 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 I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't hear. I'm going to say something really crazy and see that head blow up, you know. <laughs> Please pray for me. <laughs> Verse seven, come, let us go down there, confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Man, I think if there's one place the enemy attacks, this is our, our conversation styles. You know, this whole need, Marta is our women's leader. Man, time goes by so fast when you're having fun. 
Um, Marta is our women's leader. She got divorced about 10 years ago. And she's an incredible leader. And it, and it, it you know, she was in an abusive kind of relationship. And, and um, you know, pastors are gatekeepers. And they're the ones that kind of set the table as to what's permissible and isn't permissible. And she was a fine leader, and she was, we were not going to kick her out. We gave her some time to heal, but she was going to continue to minister. And she is the leader of the women's ministry in our church. And, and so, you know, no matter how bad the situation is, she's a woman, and she gets lonely. Kind of, you know, her reality, I'm alone, I got to, you know, imagine, you know, a wedding and you're invited and you have to go to that wedding by yourself kind of thing. So Yvonne, she's a new lady in our church. She's been there for a couple of years. She's a judge. And she loves Marta because Marta is a good leader and a good teacher. So she wanted to take Marta out to dinner so that they could talk. And Marta said yes, but at the last moment, Marta was in her funk and she said, no, I, I, I can't go out. And so Yvonne was disappointed and said, okay, it's all right. Now, this is the game that's going. This is the conversational game that's going on. Marta got offended that Yvonne so easily said, okay, it's all right, that she didn't insist. And so Yvonne didn't know this. And Yvonne was trying to protect Marta's independence and she felt disappointed but she was going to protect her independence you know because when we have this tension going on you know this need for connection or this need for distance and independence because it's always going on we're either fighting I need to be sometimes we want to be real close and other times we need our space and how do you handle this tension this word that we call being polite I'm going to be polite and so Yvonne was being polite to Marta and not in post like, oh, Marta, come on, please, I really want to, you know, Marta would have loved that. But because Yvonne was pr- protecting Marta's right to be independent, she didn't insist. And Marta, who felt needy for connection, but she didn't want to impose her need because she's a mature Christian and she just didn't want to be one of these women that just kind of just vomits all over her. She wanted, says, I'm not ready to engage in a healthy posture. So there's this game going on. And that's what happens sometimes. When we want to be polite, we begin to give mixed messages. We're not really saying what we really want to say. You know? And like, like, my wife really nails me for not being polite. Because I'm easy. You're stupid, man. What are, you, what are you stupid? I'm like, man up. Or woman up. No victims here, man. I ain't no, 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 no. I don't go there. But my wife, you know, they'll call her and, um, oh, Robin, uh, listen, I, I, I've got I've to go to the doctor. And I don't have anyone to keep my kid you know, my brat, and, and, and would you mind taking care of her? Oh, it would be an honor. I would love to do it. And she puts the phone down. She goes, oh, man. 
man, I, I had, I wanted to, because my wife's an artist now, I wanted to paint this afternoon. I said, well, why don't you tell the lady you don't want to do it? John, you just don't want to serve anybody. I said, Robin, you're being a hypocrite. You hate that lady. You hate that kid. You just didn't want to say it. You want to be polite, polite, you know. Right? That's how we live, man. And because she's being polite and being a liar, we're having a marital spat. We're fighting. You know? So she thinks I'm a selfish narcissist. You know what I mean? And then, you know, we're headed to divorce courts. It's all conversations. And so God, he does... And the very thing that they were afraid of, it says there in verse 7, come, let us go down. And they're confused their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad. The thing that they were afraid of, they didn't want to be scattered. But God knew that what kept them together is their ability to communicate to another. Well, okay. This is what I want to do, man. This is what God has laid on my heart. Two types of people. I'm going to do these boot camps. From 18 to 22, I want to start these, what I call resilience and grit boot camps for young people. Man, we, you know, listen, I just went to Iraq by myself in January. I scared the snot out of myself. I think you need to do that. Every five years, you need to do something that just freaks you out. (laughs) Seriously, you got to mean, you got to go to the highest mountain and say, do I jump? Five years ago, five years ago, I was in this church having you guys pray for me because I was going to Guasave, Sinaloa. That's where Chapo Guzman is. Remember, I was freaked out. Pray for me because nobody wants to go there, but they asked me and I'm going to go, you know. Well, we've got three works going on there. We're feeding kids whose fathers are either in prison or they've been killed because of the drug wars. And I'm going to tell you, you know what the coolest thing is? The drug cartel leaders, they know who I am and they've said, leave that man alone. Praise the Lord. Now, where I'm at, it's safe. It's safe. It's a city of two million. And, and, and I, I think what I, I'm worried about young people, especially kids that come from nice Christian homes. I mean, you love on your kids so much, you make them sissies. You know what? You do, man. They're not going to change the world. And all this, you know, we want the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, that becomes self-indulgent, man. The Holy Spirit lives in you so you could change the world. And so I want to do these boot camps for seven a, a week. Send me your kids, man. I will bring them back like spiritual giants ready to take on the world. And I'll tell you another thing. They will love you. They will love everything you've given to them because we take them to places where people don't have no running water and they begin to realize how good God's been to them. So I want to do these resilient grit boot camps for young people. And just, man, I I know I'm not supposed to cuss on stage in the church, but I want them to kick butt. And then I want from, it was 55 and above that people start complaining that I was being you know, I don't know. They, I dropped it down to 50. 50 and above these second wind boot camps for people that are, are, are 
are in a place where they're really transitioning to a new season of their life. And, and that's a boot camp because I'm not going to coddle you, but we're going to talk about, it's, it's a three-year thing. The first week is who am I? Those private conversations. I want to teach you how to observe the way you observe. Because sometimes we're not even self-aware. You know, people don't like you because you're not aware how much of a jerk you are when you're at the party. And so I want you to start, whoa, man, I, I didn't know I was like that. I'm going to give you tools to be able to observe yourself. You know what I mean? Seriously. So it's, who am I? The second year, second week, second year is going to be, who are they? How do we relate to other people in conversation? And the third year is, how do we do it together? How do you, how do you design great and wonderful things? Because we cannot do things alone. And I'm going to do that with the teenagers. And it's going to be tough because I, I, I want you to really kind of engage. Where am I in life? And, you know, what is it, the AARP for retired people? I, I never get those letters right. Really, it's Association of Awesome Resilient People. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to be 62 next week. And, you know, 62, it's weird. You know, I... I you know, I got to get up about three times a night, go to pee. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I pee sitting down. Because, man, when you're, it's that early, you know, your legs are working. I just sit down there. And, and, hey, I'm a man. I don't have to stand up. I'm 62 years old. But I'm ready to go after it. Don't call me old. Don't call me old, man. I'm ready to change the world at 62. I, I even tell, I even, I, my kids, oh man, you are afraid. No, we're not afraid, Dad. Yes, you are. That's why I went to Iraq. Man, Iraq was a trip. But I'm not going to go there because my time is up. But I'm coming back in September. Look, I'm going to tell you, and it's not going to be that expensive because, um, you know what, at this, at this convention... My goodness, I should have checked things out. I paid $848 for four nights in a hotel. And it wasn't that great. Man, the rug stunk. I said, Robin, this place stinks, man. For a Hilton, don't you smell? Oh, John, you're always, I'm spraying the cologne. And she goes, no, I can't stay in here because I hate your cologne. <laughs> you know, we're fighting over. I said, but it stinks. It stinks, man. Well, I found out like 150 bucks a night I go man for the little funky room they put us in that's like I mean Jack Hayford should rebuke them <laughs> four nights $848 I'm telling you you're going to be a week in Mexico and it's not going to cost you that much but I I want 50 and above second wind I really I, and it's got to be minimum 10 maximum 20 because we want to have these conversations I want to give my life to this and help people figure stuff to be great communicators, to be great lovers of Christ and great lovers of people. So I love you. Thank you for praying for me. Things are going good. In the name of Jesus, be blessed and healed. And look, man, I'm, I'm not a hired gun. After a service, I want to hang out. You need prayer? Pray for me. I'll pray for you. I want to talk to you. I love you, church. And I want a relationship. So I'm going to be right here. You know, Peter Banana wants to go eat lunch. For, I'd say, whoa, 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 bro, because I'm with the Grace Capital folk in Jesus' name. Amen? Te amo. Te amo. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Well.
We love you, brother. I love you too, brother. Now, I just want to, you didn't finish the thing about uh, you can have scary conversations with me. You never finished that thought. Oh, oh. Because I think everybody feels like they're, they're now afraid to have a conversation no, no, with me. No, no, scary, scary like, like, Mark, I think I'm gay. <laughs> kind of conversations. You know what I mean? It's just that taboo stuff, you know, or scary things. Or like, I sit down when I pee, Mark. Is that All right, weird? we got it. No, we got, got it, it, John. We got it. You can, you right. can, you can have that a seat now, John. Thing. You can have a seat now, John. Yeah, I can have a seat now. That's it. The things that you really are afraid of, you know? I'm just being honest with you, John. You can have a seat now. Well, I want John. to talk about other conversations no. we can have. I love right. you, brother. Right. Let's give it up for John Maz. We are a little bit over time, but I do want to say, please, if you've got kids and you're picking them up after we sing the song and you guys can go, uh, if you have kids, it probably would be great for you to um, snag your kids now. Uh, but if you don't have kids, you can come and worship with us at this last part. But can you make a point of really thanking these children's workers? Um, they've had to go a little bit extra today. And so um, help them feel encouraged and appreciated. Love you guys. Let's just pray over this, uh, over this time together, and then we can end with some worship. Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for, for just continuing to speak this word of, of the power of our language, the power of our conversation. Father, we want our conversation to be around you and your goodness. We want our conversation about the things that we're going to accomplish for your kingdom through the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. We're going to have conversations how we build each other up and we're not tearing each other down. We're going to have conversations, Father, that continue to speak about you, your, your, the glory that you have for us and the goodness that you have uh, for us. And we're going to be speaking about the things that you've given us and how we're going to use it to share with others. So, Father, I thank you for this, this congregation. I thank you for um, John Mazariegos, a friend but a missionary who's given his life to see you work in Mexico. Lord, you just put on my heart, I wasn't going to do this, but I do feel like this morning we want to continue to have an opportunity, Father, to bless John and his ministry. Father, we are a generous church, and so we're going to ask that if you feel like you want to invest in his life and his ministry, that we would give on the way out. Actually, if I can just have amen, I'll, I'll say that with an amen. If I could have some ushers out in the back there with some baskets, if you will. If you feel like you want to invest in, in John's ministry... Um, please do that, um, and we'll, even if he's a check, make it out to Grace Capital Church, we will take all those funds and just give it directly to him. Church, I love you. Talking about language, the power of language. I want to let you know that I love you, and that God has great things in store for us. But I also want us to continue to grow and mature into the things that God has for us. He's going to continue to unfold the miraculous. He's going to continue to ask things of us that he's going to require us to grow into continued more likeness of Jesus. So keep chasing after him. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 